Hello friends, my name is Brenna. And I'm Danny. And this is Lago Stories. Today's episode contains graphic information that some listeners may find disturbing. Listeners' discretion is advised. Welcome back, Lagos friends, and happy November! I hope everyone had a great Halloween and is getting excited for the holiday season. Well, if you're into that. Definitely into that. Setting up my holiday decorations here this weekend. Yeah, you're an early holiday decorations. I'm like hardcore for Halloween, and then after Halloween, I'm like, whatever, I'm listening to Christmas music. (laughs) Like, it's so bad. See, no, I need a break. (laughs) (laughs) I need a little break. (laughs) Britta, I cannot believe this is your final episode of season one. I know, it's a little bit bittersweet, but, you know, I feel overall proud where, you know, we did a whole season. Like, I know. What? See, I'm more excited because it's, it's like, wow, we did that. That's really awesome. Yeah. So just so you guys know, all of our Lagos Story family out there, we will have this episode and then one more episode coming from me, which is a case suggestion and then we will take a little break for the holiday season but we will be back in 2022 with some more exciting stories for you guys yes and hopefully some upgrades we're gonna we're gonna work on some things and maybe have some upgrades for y'all we really appreciated you guys working through this new podcasting world with us it's been a lot of fun for us so we've hoped you really enjoyed it too yeah absolutely but today I'm going to tell you about the kidnapping of Jamie Kloss and Danny have you ever heard about this case at all I actually have not, at least not by name. There's a few stories that you've done that, like, when you say the name, I'm like, no idea. But as you go through it, like, the bells start coming, and I'm like, oh, I've heard that before, but just didn't know it well enough to know it by name. Yeah, yeah, and I wasn't sure because it only happened a few years ago, and it was pretty well covered in news articles and made national news, but I personally had never heard of this case before until just now. I'm not sure how I even stumbled across her name, but once I read the basics of this case... I knew we had to tell her story, so but I'm going to get right into it. On Monday, October 15th in Barron, Wisconsin, around 1 o'clock in the morning, Jamie awoke from the sound of her dog barking. As she walked to her window to investigate, she saw a man in her driveway and quickly ran to her parents' bedroom. Jamie woke up her father, James, and her mother, Denise, and explained to them what she had seen. As her father ran to the front door, Jamie and her mother locked themselves in the bathroom and huddled together in the bathtub. James met the unknown man at the door, but just a moments later, a gunshot rang out. The man then kicked in the door and proceeded into the family home. He made his way to the bathroom and pointed his shotgun at Denise. Denise had her cell phone in her hand with police on the line, but also held Jamie tightly from behind, like a big bear hug. Denise was then forced to tie up Jamie's wrists and ankles and also tape her mouth shut. But once completed, another gunshot rang out. Police only took four minutes to arrive to the family home, but unfortunately, when they arrive, they find Jamie's mother and father deceased and no sign of Jamie. The unknown man had already dragged Jamie out, nearly slipping in her father's pooled blood as he tried dragging her out the front door and drove away while she was late locked in his truck. Wow. That escalated very quickly yeah i didn't want to comment i did love the names jamie and james i thought that was so yeah. sweet i love it when it's like takes after the mother or the father's name mm-hmm. i like that but wow it's just wow 
Yeah, I mean, it really did come out of nowhere. It was like, you know, all everything happened so quick, and police showed up quickly, but unfortunately, even four minutes was yeah, too long. Yeah, four minutes, that's crazy. Yeah. How quickly it takes you to walk to your car, turn on your car, and drive down the driveway, it, four mm-hmm. minutes, that is quite some time to think about whenever you're physically doing it, and mm-hmm. how much time that is when you're in an emergency. Definitely. Now, the city of Barron, Wisconsin is only about three square miles wide and is home to around 3,300 residents, so local police knew they had to act quick, and they put out an Amber Alert for the 13-year-old Jamie. One long, agonizing week passes without any sign of Jamie, so the sheriff rounded up 2,000 of the 3,300 Barron residents to help search near the family home, but unfortunately, nothing of importance was found. The FBI also added 25000 to the already existing 25000 in reward money for any information on the case, and as Jamie's disappearance made national news, hundreds of tips from all over the country flooded in. The only promising lead investigators had was two vehicles that were viewed on surveillance videos around the time of the killings, however, no license plate information was ever captured. I mean, they were clearly taking this very seriously. That's a lot of residents to round up to help search and then even matching the reward money i mean that's i'm glad that they were taking it so seriously just because of how crazy and aggressive this crime was but i didn't even think to ask the age because i just assumed for some reason that she was like older when you said 13 that really shocked me yeah only 13 years old well and i also going back to what you said um it is one of those cases where it's like finally because you read about those cases mm-hmm. where you're like come on like, it's like why didn't you do missing this why didn't you do we this didn't try. yeah yeah but no like this case it's very refreshing because everything did go so smoothly at least on what i saw on my end right like mm-hmm. the published version yeah nearly two weeks since jamie went missing investigators finally catch a break An alert directs police back to the family home when they receive a notification from a motion sensor camera that a man had broken into the home again. Police quickly set up a perimeter around the home and are able to coax the man outside without incident. Inside of his coat pockets, police find a small tank top and a girl's underwear, amongst other personal items. Kyle Jinky is arrested for the burglary, but two days after the break, he is cleared as a suspect in Jamie's disappearance. He explains he did not know the Claus family and that he only stole items that he thought the family wouldn't miss. So what I'm not understanding is why would you steal those items unless he had a child of his own, if he knew other other people that he was trying to help out? Like, I, I mean, again, it's not like you're stealing items that are worth any money. It's like if you're not using these items. I'm not sure the purpose of doing that. It also is if you are the person breaking into this home because you know about it on the news, like mm-hmm. you're that type of person and yes. that's not a good category to bring in. That's the first thing my mind went to. And yeah. then if, you, if you're not that person, then you're obviously doing it because you know this girl or you're in this situation and these are items you know that are hers to try to make her more comfortable. Yeah. So either one, you're not in a good spot. Well, that and like why would you go there and knowing like – even news reporters, you know, had yeah, like, like you going to be around. It's, it wasn't like that long. It's only like everybody two weeks. knew. Like if you knew, everybody knows yeah. that this house is vacant. It's obviously being watched. There was a major crime that happened mm-hmm. there. So if you thought you could get in without anybody seeing you, first off, you're dumb. Yeah. So that's on you. <laughs> but also, like, 
if if you had nothing to do with this, why are you going there and stealing those items? Like, just I, I don't. I that. agree. Like he was just kind of asking. It's like sometimes we come across the dumbest things in these stories. It's yeah, like, that's what you thought of. Well, and I, it's hard to believe that he didn't have anything to do with it for me. Yeah, yeah. But I guess you know people be crazy. <laughs> Always. <laughs> And as the weeks turn into months, local Baron residents and Jamie's surviving family members refuse to give up hope. The local clerk of court's office dedicated their Christmas tree to Jamie as her name was spelled out in large glittery letters down the faux tree. Green bulbs lit the office building and green ribbons were placed throughout the tree as a way to raise awareness for missing children. But on January 10th, 2019, Jamie is found. About 70 miles away in Gordon, Wisconsin, Jamie walks up to a woman walking her dog and asks for help. As police arrived, Jamie stayed completely calm and seemed to be okay physically while she explained to police what happened and what her kidnapper looked like. Police quickly make their way over to the home of 21-year-old Jake Thomas Patterson, who lived in a small cabin nearby. Even quicker than the time it took to find him, Jake gave it up as he knew he had been caught. Wow. I when you said found, I immediately was you thinking the worst. Yep. You know, I I've been giving you a lot of like super gory and disturbing yeah. cases. So. And normally I immediately know who's doing it, but I'm like I have a suspicion, but I want to keep it to myself cuz I don't want to be that person cuz in this case, yeah, it's going to make me look bad. But I'm going to wait it out and then I'll tell you maybe at the end cuz I don't want to put something if it's okay yeah, not yeah that's right. a good idea yeah. okay. going back to october of 2018 jake first saw jamie get on her school bus while he sat in his car behind and immediately picked her out as the quote girl i was going to take end quote according to a statement made by patterson from that point forward he began planning on how to take jamie he bought a black ski mask from walmart and shaved his head and face out of fear that he may leave hair dna behind He also stole license plates to switch out on his vehicle and disconnected the light in his trunk so that Jamie would not be able to find the switch to open the trunk from the inside. Less than two weeks after first seeing Jamie from afar, Jake had already cased the Kloss's family home twice before the night of October 15th. After he killed her parents, Jake also wiped his fingerprints from the shotgun shells but told detectives that he would have gotten away with it if he had planned everything perfectly. That quote, ugh gave me chills yeah that's scary yeah and he was only 21 yeah like ugh. still pretty much a kid himself yeah when jamie first arrived at jake's remote cabin she was forced to wear his clothing as jake immediately burned her own jamie was kept under jake's bed where he had stacked boxes and weights around the edges to prevent her from getting out She was forced to stay under his bed for hours at a time without food or water, had his own family over. Jake threatened to kill Jamie if she ever tried to leave or make a noise, and according to the Chicago Tribune, Jake said, quote, I just trusted her and that she wouldn't try and get out, end quote. After explaining that he thought he could keep her captive with fear instead of adding extra locks to the doors or windows. When asked about the murders, Jake told authorities he thought of it as, quote, it's them or me, end quote. And that once he made up his mind that Jamie was the girl he would take, he would have shot anyone in his way. He also stated that, quote, just shot it like right in the head. I didn't even look when I did it. I looked away, end quote, when talking about killing Denise. 
Jake Thomas Patterson cried softly as he pled guilty to two counts of first-degree intentional homicide and one count of kidnapping in March of 2019. He would be sentenced to life in prison. Okay, Jake, save your tears if you're going to call people that you murder it. Mm-hmm. I don't care that you're crying. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> but let me backtrack a little bit now that I got that out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you may not know the answer to this, but did you have any dive on his background or growing up because he's clearly very disturbed yeah so and i'm gonna ask you about it later because we will hear more from jake direct quotes so i'll leave it i'll leave it at that for now i also got that feeling that he's very disturbed and i can't quite figure it out yeah some of the things that you're doing at such a young age that is really intense and i've never experienced those feelings thank goodness but I want to know why you're feeling the way you're feeling. Well, and it was like, he said he kind of had a light bulb moment of like, that's the girl I'm going to take. So he must have had yeah, thoughts like, before why that. that girl, why her, like he had what a about her triggered that? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, before the court hearing in March, Jake wrote to an NBC News affiliate, CARE, Reporter Lou Rigu stating, quote, No one will believe or can even imagine how sorry I am for hurting Jamie this much. Can't express it, end quote. He also spoke with a reporter from WCCO and explained to them how much he loved Jamie. They ended up watching a lot of TV, played games, and cooked while he held her captive for those three months. And finally, when asked directly why he kidnapped Jamie and killed her parents, Jake wrote that it wasn't just black and white. That, quote, the cops say I planned this thoroughly and that I said that. They're really good at twisting your words around, putting them in different spots. Straight up lie. Little mad about that. Trying to cover up their mistakes, I guess. This was mostly on impulse. I don't think like a serial killer. End quote. But even with all of that information straight from his own mouth, it still doesn't make sense to me as why he did what he did. His parents even said that he never had any struggles with mental illness or at least that they knew of, and that he was a polite but lonesome kid. And I know that being a quote-unquote loner doesn't make someone a homicidal kidnapper, so I want to hear your theories, Yanni. Okay, I'm going to go back to this quote where he says, no one will believe me or can imagine how sorry I am. Mm-hmm. I can't express it. Of course you can't express it because you cannot feel it. Yeah. Let's I, start with I that. I thought of that as well. Yeah, like, of course you can't express that, sir. Like, I can't reiterate that enough because you never felt it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I was also, I didn't add it in here, but something that is stuck in my mind is, during this sentencing when you know he said i'm sorry and was you know crying as he pled guilty after as he walked away i guess there was tv cameras he said goodbye jamie and like literally everybody in the courtroom gasped because she i don't think she was there personally so he was like saying goodbye jamie as they were leaving like letting him go it's just so disturbing and the fact that he's like little mad about the cops making my mad about that. words line up perfectly for them. Well, yeah, I hope they do because you need to be in jail. Well, I'm sure, like, and also like, and I, it's very rare that I come <laughs> like to the cops' defense in true crime cases, just from you know previous cases. Yeah, but it's like they probably didn't know how to piece it together. Like he's probably like talking a bunch, and they're like. 
wait, 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 that doesn't make sense. Like, what? Yeah, you know, like, like they're trying to piece yeah. it together because you're making no sense. Exactly. And I mean, I will agree with him. I don't think that he thinks like a serial killer. I think he is a category above this. Like, there's a serial killer and then and then there's Jake. That's a whole wow. nother category of human. I mean, we've heard a lot of disturbing and twisted stories but like just the thought process and how he's expressing this it's like you have a lack of care and then to come back and like the crying is the one that's really sticking to me and it's really Mm -hmm. bothering me that like you're crying because you're pleading guilty because you know that you're not gonna have this opportunity again yeah or like saying goodbye to jamie don't say her name yeah you don't have the right to say her name yeah i absolutely agree with you but now i want to give you all the updates on jamie Woo woo. During Patterson's sentencing hearing, an attorney for Jamie read a statement she had written. It read, quote, He thought that he could own me, but he was wrong. I was smarter. I was brave, and he was not. He thought he could make me like him, but he was wrong. End quote. And do you remember that reward money? Well, we know Jamie received at least 25000 of that, since she technically found herself and rescued herself. <laughs> yes, girl. <laughs> that first half of the 50000 was donated by Hormel Foods, the parent company to Ginny O'Turkey's store, which is where James and Denise Kloss worked for 27 years. The other portion was put up by the FBI, but according to the New York Times article, the FBI declined to comment on whether or not Jamie would receive that portion. They stated, quote, our general practice is to refrain from disclosing details on the final decisions in these matters due to privacy considerations. The FBI evaluates the information provided along with the unique circumstances of the case and its resolution and determines whether it's appropriate to award reward money, end quote. And as of January 2021, for the two-year anniversary of her escape, Jamie's aunt, who is now her legal guardian, posted on Facebook, quote, We're still very thankful for the community, to the whole world for all caring and being there, and to law enforcement who worked tirelessly to seek justice, end quote. She also shared an update on how well Jamie was doing, quote, she's enjoying dance, school, school activities, and many other things as much as possible in regards to now dealing with the COVID restrictions. She is surrounded by lots of loved ones, end quote. I'm so happy to hear this update on Jamie. I've never been more happy to hear (laughs) victim update. And honestly, victim is the wrong word for her because she's a survivor. survivor. Like, you girl. You go, girl. And when she was like, I was smarter, I was brave. I got chills. Like, yes, girl. You are so awesome. Like, I can't. One for 88 days. Yeah. That's, and how young she was. She was 13. Like, Mm -hmm. that. And already seeing that he could follow through, you know, with Yeah, like, he. He He took her parents away You saw that right in front of you. And that was the last time you ever saw them. Mm -hmm. Like, you go, Jamie. And it was so cool to see that the company that her parents had worked so tirelessly for 27 years turn around and support them like that that's Mm -hmm. awesome and you know sometimes I don't like social media but in this case I love it because that was so sweet to hear like what she's doing and I mean it just puts us back into the reality of where we're at now still with like there's still places with the COVID restriction and just kind of 
keeping that in mind when you're out and about because I know one of the things I'm quick to is like getting frustrated with like when people are slow or too close to me and it's like you never know what situation somebody was in before and they finally had their freedom again and it was essentially being put back in a situation where you're restricted or can't do everything that you need to do and I mean at the end of the day that can trigger things so absolutely I hope the best for her and I hope that at least with what she has to do with the restrictions she has now or I mean even just in general like every day being a survivor there's going to be something to overcome and it Mm -hmm. it sounds like she's a good support system and I mean everyone was really on her side from start to finish for this so that's so awesome to hear because we don't like you said (laughs) you don't usually hear these cases Yeah, yeah absolutely and going back to what you were thinking at first when I first you know was reading the case I was like mm, Jamie like did you did you know Jake did you yeah did like you what's happening because yeah. it, it like I've heard that story that <laughs> a case before you yeah know? like I mean we me and Brennan talked about it off script and it was just one of those like I'm glad I didn't say anything before because definitely like don't want to be caught in a situation of victim blaming but it it's just one of those things like it's so unbelievable you can't yeah. like how how did this happen without any party knowing but there again you have to go back to realize like there are just some weird crazy people out there it is a weird world like i we cannot stress that enough words are scary people are scary so just be alert and vigilant because you never know when you can save your life or somebody else's life yeah and i also think it's a good reminder um, to also go with your gut i know we've talked about Mm -hmm. this before but you know it seems like when she was terrified I'm sure she was terrified the entire time but I'm sure she was going back and forth of okay should I try and escape you know he's already threatened Mm -hmm. you know yeah he's like kind of being nice and he'll let me out of the bed but like I'm still being held captive you know so I I know that she went with her gut and it saved her life you know exactly yeah and I mean not all stories are like Jamie's stories but she is one to keep in mind when anybody you know is in that situation just think of how jamie was able to get out and survive and i mean it's it's not a fairy tale it these do happen so absolutely and i hope we do see more um from jamie not that you know i'm like not that i think she owes anything to the world but you know i think she probably could help a lot of people but even if not if she just wants you know down low life hopefully us telling her story can can help other people yeah I think that's a good point that you bring up too is that a lot of the times when people hear these stories they they're like oh they're gonna be a therapist one day or yeah something. or it's they like, expect something out of them and it's like yeah. we one they don't owe you anything and honestly out of everyone they owe you the least amount of things yeah so give them grace so Jamie we're on your team and we're here for you and we'd love to hear more but we'd also love to hear nothing as well just as long yeah. as you're doing okay absolutely but with that that'll conclude my final episode of season one let us know your thoughts on instagram and facebook at lago stories and while you're there don't forget to follow us if you haven't already if you have a case suggestion please reach out through our website at lagostories.net all of today's source material will be linked in the description box below we'll be back with a new episode in a couple of weeks but until then stay safe out there it's a weird world
Thank you to Alexander Nakarada for allowing us to use his sound, Nightmare, for our theme music.